you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast with a special two for Tuesday live show. We're on the wire, no net below, don't look down. The two for Tuesday, two in question, two Super Bowl champions. Michael Robinson, can I get a hell yeah? What's going down? And David Carr, can I get a heck yeah? What is up? One of these guys is providing a dire translation to the news that the Cowboys are in a hurry to bring back Dak. That translation, Dallas is done, he'll explain. We will reveal how Saquon Barkley turned on the afterburners and in doing so turned back the clock. We've also spotted something on game film that suggests this version of Saquon may be the best best version of Saquon we've ever seen. Plus, did the best quarterback in the NFL play on Sunday or did he play on Thursday? Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. Cue the debate. The fantasy waiver wire opens tonight. Stake your claim with confidence and intention. Got to have a plan, man. Adam Rank is here to help. And finally, in years past, the early season issues with Aaron Rodgers always felt, I don't know, personal. Now it feels, I don't know, Like personnel, coming up, why relax may be an insufficient pep talk this year. Okay, guys, are you ready? Let's get it. Ready. Let's ride. ride. Indeed, Russell Wilson returns to Seattle. But in the end, this story wasn't about three versus the 12s. It was about what did happen versus what should have happened. From 64, McManus missed it. And the Seahawks are going to win this game. Mike Rob, you are not impressed with the decisions made by the Broncos on that final drive. What did you see? Well, I saw a rookie head coach in Nathaniel Hackett who um, knew he had a, a, a kicker with a big leg, but I don't think he truly realized the the the, um, the moment. I don't think he truly realized uh, the fact that he had a franchise quarterback, and in those moments, that is the reason why that guy makes so much more money than the rest of the guys on the roster. You put it in his hands, and you allow your chances to win or lose fall on that guy. That's why you brought him in. 
Um, where I was a little upset about this thing, um, uh, David, was the fact that, yeah, I don't think you can, you know, when you hear the call come in that they're going to kick the field goal as a quarterback, I don't think you can just change the play right there. Right. I think that's a little bit um, messed up and, and that doesn't necessarily happen in the National Football League. But I didn't see any frustration from Russell Wilson. Yeah. I know deep down in his in in his core, I think deep down in his core, he wanted to have the ball in his hands with an opportunity to sure. win in Seattle. Where you he spent can, you can see that on the years. sideline right before he went back it, out there. He was right? he was getting the guys ready to go. But I didn't see the frustration. I was I'm assuming this. Yeah. I didn't see him pound his hands or you know look at the coach like we seen Lamar Jackson look to the sideline and say no the hell with that we're going for it. I don't care what you say, coach. Mm-hmm. And you convince your coach into making the right decision. I didn't see that from Russell Wilson and that. To me, that brings in the question, and, and you guys mentioned that I played with Russell before. I was, he, I was a teammate of Russell. And to me, the, the fact that he wasn't demonstrative about the decision at the end of that game, the fact that he wasn't more, you know, pissed off about not having the ball in his hands gives me that same feeling that I had when I was speaking to um, John Snyder and Pete Carroll toward the end of my time in Seattle when – I knew they were clearing certain guys out of that locker room so that the team can be Russell's. Mm-hmm. My question to them always was, why let all of this talent out? Why not just say, hey, Russell, be that leader and bring everybody together so that we can win two, three, maybe four even Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. But instead, they said, no, we're going to get these guys up out of here. And you saw guys like Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett. Those guys moved to other teams and have success. It wasn't like these guys weren't good anymore. Yeah. And the team was given to Russell. And then you saw Russell say, I need, I want to get out. That's why I think you see a lot of former players like myself get upset with Russell. That's why I think you've seen a lot of former players, you know, this week after that game saying, dude, like, what's up with that? Why the hell wasn't the ball in Russell's hands? And why wasn't he pissed off about it more so that he can be the guy win the game in Seattle? Michael talked about the, the team being given to Russell. It felt like last night the moment was given to Nathaniel Hackett and not to Russell. Did Hackett get it wrong? Oh, absolutely. Well, th- what this is is at the very root, this is just a failure in situational football. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I always get concerned about with coaches that are coming from either being a play caller or coming from a, a, a world where they, they weren't responsible for those decisions because it's not just X's and O's. It is so much in this league, as we saw in the early games on Sunday, how fast all those games changed at the end of the fourth quarter and all the decisions and the hoops that you have to jump through. The concerning thing for me is not that they screwed up the situation. It it, it was that they didn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. You know, you can can not have a plan and guess and get it right in the moment. But we were just all live actively watching the clock tick below a minute. And literally everyone that is just a novice football fan is saying timeout. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, something has something looks off here, oh. and then to and then to say, this is a this is a guy that that came in and he, you're supposed to have a good relationship with Russ, right? You want to develop that, and so I can kind of see and and you laid it out perfectly. You laid out Russ's history, which you know far more about that than than I do, and that we're privy to. So I get all of that that you said. The thing that I'm kind of concerned with now is okay, as a Bronco now, and and these two guys have to come together, Russ just didn't argue he just went default I trust this guy but now going forward is it going to be the same thing because it wasn't just that it was delays the plays coming in late they didn't even have a plan like 
We were sitting there watching the very beginning of the game after our show, and Willie was like, are they going to use silent count? And they weren't using the silent count. Like, the first two plays, they tried to audible, and guys were not on the same page. And I'm like, well, that that is a concerning thing for me. So, you know, we didn't really know what to expect from the Broncos and Russ and Nathaniel Hackett. But, man, early on, I know they, you could say, hey, you know what? They could have scored twice down there on the one-yard line, and it's a different game. Maybe it is. But look, man, I'm, I'm concerned because that stuff doesn't just go away. You've you got to right. fix that stuff, and that's got to be something that you work on every day. Michael, I want to give you the final word on this. We were reminded that the 12s in that stadium watched Russell Wilson lead that team to 32 fourth-quarter comebacks. Mm-hmm. And we were reminded that that kicker had never made a kick of that distance before. So we have what we know and what we've seen time and time again versus what we don't know and what we have never seen, and we are placing our hopes on that. Yeah, I think Nathaniel Hackett, and I think when he's looking back on this whole situation, I think he would admit that he got it wrong. And I think if the Broncos can take this situation and use it as a learning a learning opportunity, I think they're going to be good because you look at it with the, the, the talent they have on the outside and in the backfield, defensively they did well. I mean, at the end of the day, the halftime score was, what, 17 to 13? They, so, they, yeah. they lost 17-16. Seattle did nothing in the second half. So there is some positive to glean from this. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a bottom-line league. They lost the game. They lost with Russell returning. And the last thing that I'll say about just situational stuff, they, they messed up every which way you could. But the thing that concerned me, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, was that they had told Russ that the field goal line was basically midfield. Mm-hmm. Now, that's crazy to me because, <laughs> as we've all seen, yeah. right, I don't care if he can make it from 65. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? He hit one from 65 on August 1st. It's like, <laughs> what? No, look at the history of the league. There's been 40-something attempts over 64 yards Two times has it been made, right? So for me, I, I just think that when I see game-winning field goals, I'm thinking about my time, Giants, thinking about the Patriots, all these. They're 40-yarders. Mm-hmm. Like your, your field goal line is like the 30. Until then, it's Russ, man. There you go. You're going to give me a fourth and eight. You're going to give me a fourth and 12. You're gonna, and I've seen Russ do it. Absolutely. I've seen him do it time and time again. And he had the timeouts. It's he had not like he had all the time. Get five, five yards. You can't get five yards. You don't deserve to win anyway. Again, just right? because a kicker can make a 64-yard exactly. yarder doesn't mean you attempt it. It means you try to get the closest kick that you possibly exactly. can. That's like a last-ditch effort. <laughs> yeah. It's fourth and 30. We're on. Okay, we're, okay let's Gotta give it a crack. Let's give it a crack. See Yes, uh, let's put this game to bed with a word or two on Seattle's D, and maybe more importantly, Seattle's QB. Is Geno getting overlooked today? I, I think he is. Yeah, he played great. Geno played the game that Russell usually plays. Yeah. Turnover free. Yeah. Can take what the defense gives you. Don't force anything. It's okay to take a sack. We'll punt. It's all good, and we'll play defense. That's what, to me, th- that's what Pete Carroll wanted at quarterback. That's what Russell Wilson was early on in his career at quarterback. He was a guy that took care of the football, used his special escapability to get the ball downfield, but he protected the football, and it wasn't about him. He wasn't the show. He played complimentary football. The way Geno played last night, he played complimentary football. It wasn't about him. It was about that defense. They ran the football, and they took advantage of opportunities. Yeah, I, I just love the whole mindset. Watching Seattle, you could tell, you could almost feel like as the game was going, you're like, this is a perfect, <laughs> this is like a perfect picture of team over an individual. Yep. Like, this is just it. Like, you're watching it live, right? Happen right in front of us. And to see Pete Carroll so excited, like, yeah, it's great. You can tell he wouldn't say it, but Pete, I'm, a form, I'm one of your former players. I'll say it for you. He was happy as hell. Oh, yeah. He looked like he lost some years. You know, looked like he was a little younger. All of that. Yeah. I think this 10-year marriage between him and Russell took a toll on him. Yeah. 
Um, apparently, Nathaniel Hackett didn't get the memo. It's let's ride, not let's sit or let's kick. It's let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Come on, pony up. That's right. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Today, we are joined by Michael Robinson and David Carr, who gets the first shot at the next topic. Cooper Rush has yeah, replaced Prescott getting medical attention. That topic, the news out of Dallas, that Dak Prescott could return within four games. Full disclosure, neither one of our guests today is a doctor, but they both have advanced degrees in the dark arts of quarterback play. So, D.C., thumbs up or thumbs down on what feels like haste to bring Dak back? Well, it does, and I think that, like, anytime you have a player that's injured and automatically you're talking about how fast we can bring him back, let's let the surgery play out and let's see how he feels because I know one thing you're not going to be able to hide is that thumb. Because mm-hmm. you can hide an ankle, or we, we weren't really sure. Even remember when Dak came back from his lower leg injury, it was like, well, what's he going to look like? He's out there practice. He's kind of taking reps. He's kind of not. I'm sorry, dude, but what you know, Mike, when you, when you throw a football, that thing's going to come out sideways or it's going to come out spinning. And you can't hide that with your right thumb. Like we've talked about, you mentioned Drew Brees had come back from the same injury. I remember back Brett Favre had a pin in his finger or in his thumb, and he was able to kind of play. But he even talked about, I mean, the thumb is so important to gripping the football. You can almost get away with having something else wrong with the other ones, and you can work through it. But the thumb is just, that's the grip, man. That's a, and you talked about handing the ball off, yes. too. Like that changes everything. It's everything, David. Yeah. I, I, I tell our listeners, I, I will, you know, Tell our listeners to do this. Just take a football, put it right up next to your ear like you're going to throw it and just look at your hand with the ball in your hand. OK, and say, hmm, without my thumb, what happens? <laughs> what happens to this football right now? <laughs> and that gives you all it gives you all the answers you need as a, to how critical this injury is for the Dallas Cowboys and the Dak Prescott. And to me, guys, it seems that ever since Dak signed that big time contract that they have been he even him. He has been trying to prove his value. He's been trying to prove that, yeah, I should be one of these 45 or $40 million guys. It seems like the team has put that much extra, you know, uh, energy into Dak Prescott and getting him back on the field. And to me, I look at what it does to the rest of the locker room, right? If your management, if your coach, is, if everybody's like, oh, man, Dak's hurt again. What are we going to do? You're, you, you know, you, you're starting to panic a little bit. Yeah. That's, the pan is going to set into the rest of the locker room. No we look at our head coach. We see how he addresses the media. If he's out there saying, oh, man, I don't know what we're going to do, you know, this, that, and the third, then, yeah, we're going to have some issues in the locker room as well. Yeah. And that's when, I, that's when I want to hear the coach speak. Like, that's mm-hmm. when, like, it's as a player in the locker room, that's when you want to see the figurehead that Mike McCarthy get up and say, it doesn't matter. This is not about one player. There you go. We're going to go find someone. Cooper Rush is going to step in. He's going to play good football. We're going to run the football. We're going to play physical. We're going to win on the outside. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we're going to move on. But that's not what we hear. We hear Jerry Jones <laughs> completely panicking, talking about how fast Dak's going to come back. We hear all the different stuff going through there. So that's, that's concerning. The other thing that's concerning is even if Dak didn't get hurt for me, Mm-hmm. that offense was concerning, yeah. right? And so you saw what I saw watching Kellen Moore from Boise State back in the day. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's flashy. It's gimmicky. It's not, there was no physicality to it. And I don't care who's playing quarterback. If you throw Cooper Rush out there, you throw Dak out there, it doesn't matter. If that's your run game, you're not going to win anyway. No. You got you to get after people. Like, that's why you got bounced from the playoffs. That's why San Francisco came into your house, knocked you out physically. They just physically beat you up. So you talked about that all offseason, and I was expecting to see that. I'm like, okay, Zeke, Paul, they're going to get their touches. And we saw a couple, but then we saw double reverse. We saw in the backfield guys getting blown up. It's like, that's not, that's not what I want to see. Well, it, it, from a marketing standpoint, that's not the sexy thing that sells. Oh, you're right. In a football league. Yeah, you're and right. If you look at Jerry Jones, you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they make money. Yeah, right? right. They understand the drama of things, right? And you have to ask yourself, right, bringing Dak Prescott back, is that good for marketing and money? 
or is that good for football? At the end of the day, it's good for marketing and money. It ain't great. It is not a great thing for football. You talked about thumbs in the meeting, and I want you to go one step farther and remind us of how important the thumb is, not just to the throwing of the football, but on the snap and on the handoff. Yeah, everything. I broke my thumb when I was in high school, guys, uh, for an entire football season. And first of all, being able, just being able to get under center and take a snap uh, from a right-handed quarterback, your right thumb is at the top. Right. When that every time that ball hits that hand, it is hitting the meteor part of your thumb yep. it, over and over and over. And not, not just the snap. What about just handing the football over when a running back makes this makes his pocket to receive the football when he rolls over the football? Right. I'm taking your hand. Look, with that's me that's violent, too. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> like, I've had like my elbow hyperextended. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys yank that. Right. So it's like. So you even talked about we see quarterbacks, and I've done it before too. You'll you'll hand off with the left hand. With the left hand. You just roll it over the top, yeah. So it's a it's not an easy scenario. No sure, not at all. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a lighter note, we saw the very best from the very top end of NFL quarterbacks in week one. Is it way too early to ask? Yes, it is. Has that ever stopped us before? No, it hasn't. So, Mike Rubb. Did the best quarterback in the NFL play Sunday in Arizona? And there it is. Touchdown pass number five. Or Thursday in L.A. Keeps it. Pumps. Runs. Breaks the play. Touchdown. And no, Kyler. 
And no, Matt Stafford, <laughs> we're not talking about you. What's the answer? Well, I mean, anybody who's followed me over the last couple of years, they know I'm president of Bills Mafia, so it's got to be Josh Allen for me. Um, and when I say top quarterbacks, I'm not just saying arm talent, David. I'm not just talking like Lamar Jackson, the offense built around him. He's an electric runner. I'm talking about however the defense presents itself to you, you have a plan and you have the tools to be able to beat him. And to me, that's Josh Allen. I can put Josh Allen in the Greg Roman offense. And guess what? He probably will rush for a thousand yards. I don't know people don't believe me in that, but yeah. he probably rushed for a thousand yards. He ran for almost 800 mm-hmm. last year. He was the leading rusher on the Bills team and they were a top 10 rushing team last year. So I can only imagine when he's had more design runs just for him. So he can play in the Lamar Jackson offense. He could play in the Kyle Shanahan offense, which is probably one-third, a little bit more than a third of the league offenses right now, where it's that wide zone play action trying to get the ball up and down the football field with big play, big chunks of, of yards pushing the ball down the football field. Josh Allen can touch any part of the field, 53 and a third uh, yards uh, width, 120 yards uh, if you count both end zones yep. um, vertically. He could touch any part of the field. And so when I look at the offenses, when I look at the tools that a quarterback has to defeat a defense, he can run, he can throw on the run, he can throw from the pocket. He's starting to show me that he can take what the defense gives him. I mean, what, he almost completed almost 80% of his passes against one of the top defenses in the National Football League in the Los Angeles Rams against Aaron Donald. And he went out there and threw for almost 300 yards. I'm sorry, guys. To me, it's clearly Josh Allen. To me, it's clearly he's the QB1 in the National Football League. Uh, Michael Robinson, not on the fence about this, um, but let's consider. Let's Can you make a case for Patrick Mahomes? 30 for 39, yeah. 300 and whatever, five touchdowns, no picks. Um, a lot of people came out of that game saying, there's your MVP. Is Michael right or is Michael wrong? Well, so to Michael's point, I, I, I can't argue with any of those points because I love what you did there when you talk about putting Josh Allen in all these different systems. And when we compare quarterbacks, a lot of times we just compare them based on what we see. But you have to think about it in that mindset, right? Like, what if he was over here? Or what if this guy was here? And Josh Allen, for me, that, that makes a ton of sense because he can, yes, play in every system. He's a threat with his legs. You're exactly right. He could rush for 1,000 yards. Yeah. He can throw for 5,000 yards. He might do both this <laughs> season, right? But now, to Patrick Mahomes, the thing that I was excited about, and not really, if you think about it, being that my brother's still in the AFC West, <laughs> when you watch Patrick Mahomes play quarterback this year, I talked about this all offseason. If he can find a way as Tyreek Hill leaves, to take these other parts that he's been given, these other punt return type players that they roll out there with Andy Reid and that system, and find a way to just get it out of his hand. Be Tom Brady, right? Utilize the space on the field and your ability to understand, see what the defense has given you, and take it. And then on top of that, you have that rare physical ability to move around, to buy time, to throw it sidearm, to do all that other stuff. Now he's in the, in the conversation where... There might only be two or three guys we're talking about when we have this conversation. And it's those two guys and maybe one other one. And that one, the other one kind of fluctuates. It goes up and down. But right now, those two guys, man, they're playing lights out because, you know, you think Tyree Kill's gone. Oh, what are you going to do? I don't know. Just throw it to 12 different guys. Yeah. You know, just go out and find Kelsey still. You know, and creatively, like Andy Reid, he, he gets, man, the enemy, those guys are, are brilliant. When you watch them. They're as good as anybody I've ever seen in the league at getting guys open, creating offense for his quarterback, and you don't need to. He'd create his own offense, but that's why they're dangerous. That's why he has to be considered. He makes a decent point. Does he sway your vote at all? No. I'm still going with Josh Allen. And it's it's actually the other way. I'm still (laughs) kind of still leaning towards Josh. It's still Josh Allen for me because, look, when I look at Eric Bieniemy and Eric, I mean, and uh, Andy Reid, those are um, those are stock guys. 
Those are guys that, hey, look, boomer bust, man. We're trying to push this ball downfield. We're going to threaten you vertically. We want push the ball, push the ball, push the ball. Patrick Mahomes is that way. Yeah. Right. He likes to push the ball downfield. Uh, Travis Kelsey's that way. Tyreek Hill, when he was there, he was that way. It was a room full of explosive guys thinking the exact same way. That's why they could be defended. That's why the two safety high dropping eight, dropping seven yeah. was one of those defenses that if you got four rushes that can get after Patrick Mahomes, you could beat the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. But what I saw, what I saw this past week was Patrick saying, you know what? If you're going to leave that space of the field open, I'm going to throw it. And I will throw That's it was 20 so, times so in a row. Exactly. That That's was the terrifying scary. thing, right? As, a, as an scary. opponent, it's like he, he, in the past, he hasn't done that. He's been reluctant. You think about the big games, right? You go back to the Bucks, Super Bowl. You go back yep. to Cincinnati. He defaults, scrambles around, tries to make these hero plays, ends up losing the game for his team, right? And he wasn't doing that the other day. And if he continues to be efficient, like you said, mm-hmm. okay, there's the spot that's open. Boom, ball on the, on the chest. And now the guy's running with it. I mean, how do you, how do you defend it? It's going to be tough, to man. Yeah. Follow-up question. Uh, we're talking about those two exclusively. Is there a third or a fourth guy who is working his way into that conversation? Obviously, you've got Rodgers out there. You've got yeah. Tom Brady out there. Who are we missing in this top-tier conversation? Uh, right now? I mean, Justin Herbert? From yeah, yeah, he's yeah. really the guy. Because when you watch like what he's able to do from a processing standpoint, he understands space. He gets through his progressions. And then he's got just this amazing talent with his right arm to throw the ball. Really, at any, any level. He moved out of the pocket the other day, threw a touchdown to his tight end <laughs> on the sideline. It was an RPO, right? Wasn't there. He just scrambled to the left. He's got Jonathan Abram running at him. And he just rips it, back shoulder at 100 miles an hour. It's like, oh, how do you defend that? Yeah. Like, it's perfectly defended defense. It is. And he's a touchdown pass. <laughs> like, I don't understand. So, Justin's definitely not And, and I know it's another guy. We haven't seen him play in a while. And this may be a little taboo or whatever. But we've seen it when last time we saw him play a full season, he was an MVP candidate, Deshaun Watson. Now, I know we may not see him for a while this year, but we cannot talk about top arm talents in this league without including yep. him as well. Yeah, he's incredible. Uh, what you talked about, David, and you mentioned it uh, with his name, uh, Justin Herbert, certainly uh, an advertisement for Thursday night. Chargers Chiefs, oh, can't wait for that one. We will circle back <laughs> and talk about that one before and after. We interrupt this podcast to bring you fantasy news of the waiver wire kind from the captain of making claims, Adam Rank, who reminds us to stop playing fantasy football and start winning it. Stop what you're doing. Do not make that waiver claim for Carson Wentz. Yes, it's me, Adam Rank of NFL Fantasy Live. And of course, the Friday edition of Total Access here to help you out with your waiver wire ads of the week. And listen, you have Dak Prescott. He's going to miss a number of weeks. You need a quarterback. That quarterback is not going to be Carson Wentz. Obviously, great game in week one. But how many times have we seen this? We've seen Carson Wentz have good games in the past. Has he followed it up? Not always. Here's the thing. Who was he playing last week? Oh, he was going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the team that Matt Ryan is playing this week. So before you go out there and make a claim on Carson Wentz to replace Dak Prescott, I'm going to ask you to go out and get Matt Ryan instead. He is going to have a breakout this week against the Jags. Now, if you had Trey Lance and you're bummed out, you're wondering what to do, here's what I would say. Start him. This week, Seattle Seahawks, the Seahawks coming off a huge win over the Denver Broncos, the 49ers, the sky is falling in Santa Clara. Yeah, you absolutely want to play Trey Lance this week. He's probably going to go out there and put up a 40-burger on that team, so make sure that you keep him in the line of speaking. Speaking of the 49ers, of course, Eli Mitchell will be out for at least eight weeks. 
That means we're running to the waiver wire to get Jeff Wilson Jr. Although, don't spend a lot to get him. A 49ers running back. Once you get one 49ers running back, it's like when you're purchasing LOL dolls for your daughter. Oh, you think you're good buying her one bonbon. But next thing you know, you need Glitter Girl, Rainbow Sparkle, and it turns into a whole thing. So if you're in a desperate need for a running back, Jeff Wilson Jr. is your guy. But don't spend too much equity into acquiring him. And finally, the wide receiver position is very important. Now, obviously, Keenan Allen is a question for Thursday night's game. Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, I asked Chase Daniel who we wanted, and he was very noncommittal. But to me, Josh Palmer seems like the guy, but you know what? It's a it's a it's a coin toss. And you know what? Mike Williams sort of disappeared last week. He has got to bounce back and he's got to make his presence felt. And I think that he is going to do it. So that's it. Good luck to you and good luck in your week two matchups. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast, and it has become difficult for any of us who live and breathe NFL football to hear the word relax and not think about Aaron Rodgers. Back-to-back MVP seasons preceded by back-to-back off-seasons of drama. But until this year, that drama has always felt personal. Now it feels like personnel. Mike Rob, is Aaron Rodgers facing a problem he finally can't fix? <laughs> yes. The, the short answer is yes. He is facing a problem he cannot fix immediately. Now, we've seen um, a younger Aaron Rodgers develop receivers. Yep. I mean, he's that good of a guy. He's that good of a football player, that good of a passer, that accurate, that skilled with his arm. That Yeah, you can have a bunch of, for lack of better words, not A-listed receivers, but you can have a bunch of C-listed receivers, and he'll turn them into Bs, and he'll win a bunch of, yep. win, win a bunch of games with, with them. But this year... There is not, there, there, there's not that Devontae Adams. There's not that guy that you can put on the backside of a three-by-one and just say, okay, defense, how are you going to defend that guy? Yeah. Okay, now, you show me how you defend that guy. Now I know your defense. Now I can play quarterback. He doesn't have that. And so instead of being able to have a tell early – and, David, you know this. Instead of being able to have a tell – you know, early on in the process of a play to say, okay, I think I know I'm going to go with the football. He's figuring out when the ball snapped because that's when the defense is starting to declare itself. He doesn't have that coverage dictator anymore. The fact that he doesn't have that guy, the fact that Aaron Rodgers is older now, he's not that younger Aaron Rodgers where he has a little bit more patience with younger guys. And when I just look at the receivers on his on the roster, when you talk about talk about Randall Cobb, who he's he's played a lot of football, or Sammy Watkins, who ha- doesn't have the greatest – um, reputation for being a number one receiver, along with some young guys, I do. I think this is something that Aaron Rodgers can't, won't be able. His talent won't be able to overcome. But, but maybe this is what Aaron Rodgers needs. Because in the past, we've always said clearly he's one of the top arm talents. Clearly, he's probably going to win an MVP. When do we ever have issues with Aaron Rodgers? In the playoffs. And maybe if this team can find a way to get to the playoffs this year, maybe they'll figure out other ways to win. And then Aaron can be special Aaron in the playoffs. Yeah, And that exactly. is what I'm looking for. I like that because you look at the last couple of years, they've won 13 games. What have they got them? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. They got them nothing. So exactly. I, I think for me, when I look at it, they got a good defense. Now, they didn't play great against Minnesota, but they have a better defense, I think, than they had last year. So that's, that's good. You got two good backs. Utilize those guys. You got to play inside out, yes. right? So you talked about the coverage dictator. It's a it's a brilliant point because when you have a Devonte Adams, you can put him wherever you want, and you know what coverage you're going to get. So that opens run lanes. That you just your offense is created for you. It's, it's not it's not you know 
I'm not saying that it's easy to go out there and do that, <laughs> right? When you have a guy like that, it's easier, right? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little bit of creativity from LaFleur to create these matchups that he wants for these young receivers. You don't want to give him a lot of options. You want to give him a lot to look at, make it simple, utilize the run and play action. He can do it. He's obviously an MVP. He's not an MVP because Devontae Adams happened to be on his team. He's <laughs> yeah. a great football player, and we all know that. He's just going to have to do it differently. Like, they're going to have to step up, and maybe it is one of those, which I think it would be great for him to kind of battle through, right? Fight till the end, get a playoff spot, sneak into the playoffs, be that underdog. He's always lived in the underdog mentality, right? With that chip on his shoulder. He was sitting in the draft room. Like, get back to that a little bit. I think I, I, like, I, think I like that, you know? And it's going to take him a little time, like we all know. It took him a while to even develop Devontae. Devontae had like 500 yards his first year. Maybe that's what happens with Watson. Mm-hmm. Maybe that happens with some of those other guys that are there. He'll figure it out, right? They'll find their guy, but I think it'll look a little bit different. That's okay. Not the, not the worst thing. That was a fascinating and fresh take on this story. Thank you for that, Michael Robinson. David, you were just riding his coat. I was. I did. (laughs) Echoing what he said. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL injury news. Steelers workhorse RB1 Najee Harris says he will play on Sunday. Steelers game wrecker and quarterback nightmare. T.J. Watt says he will be back. Question is when. He's got another MRI on that pectoral muscle today. We'll have the latest when the latest is available. In other NFL news, Saquon, Saquad, Saquon Barkley is back, and his fellow Nittany Lion Michael Robinson says he may be back better than ever. You have a specific point to make about that, and I want to hit you on it. But my question, or two, I have two questions. 
Is it even possible for him to be better than ever? And if so, how? Yes, it's possible for Saquon to be better than he was previously. Again, what was it? I think it was the 2016, no, 2017 draft. Uh, he won the Office of Rookie Player of the Year, and it's because of those explosive runs. He's a generational back. I've, I always tell Saquon that when you're a generational back, we have to see you put the team on your back and say, we ain't losing. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in a few years, I saw it this past week uh, as the New York Giants beat up on the Tennessee Titans. Saquon said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you guys on my back and I'm going to run you guys to a victory. And at the end of the day, what I saw different from Saquon was him being explosive between the tackles. I used to always say to Saquon early in his career, like, bro, you 230 pounds, you run a 4-2, whatever. Dude, nobody really wants to hit you. <laughs> yep. Like, I don't care if it's a linebacker and they may look tough, but nobody really wants to stand in front of you running full speed. So use that against them. Use that when you're running through. You know they don't want to attack you, so lift your legs up and just ride that wave. And I think in his previous, you know, experiences in high school and college, he was so fast and athletic, David, that he was, I think he was a little nervous, a little scared to run between the tackles. Yeah. And I think... He probably didn't have to. He didn't have to. He yeah. was just better just than everybody. Bounce and score, yeah. What I saw this past week, if he can continue to grow from this spot, I saw him be, be fast through the hole between the tackles. I saw him uh, kind of burrow and get behind his pads and get to 32 and 33 yards. That is what I was looking for yeah. with Saquon Barkley. Because at the end of the day, those 60 and 70 yard plays, they come from those dirty two and three yard runs. Look, the rest of the league should be on notice okay I think Saquon Barkley is back um and if he is truly back I'm telling you um they're gonna win a lot of games because he's, he can be the best player on the field you've got a little Giants uh colored oh, blood man. running through your veins <laughs> and you weird. saw what we all saw Saquon emotional after that two-point conversion on the sideline that had to be fun to watch it was fantastic just having him having him be able to run like himself yes. that was that was exciting to see and to, to see him be able to reach his full potential because like you said he's 230 pounds he runs 4-2 it's like man we all know what he can be we saw glimpses of it early in his career they bounced around with different coordinators they didn't really have an identity I feel like Brian Dayball is he's given that to him he he understands that he's their best player, right? So we're going to ride this guy. We're going to get him motivated. We're going to block effectively at the line of scrimmage, give him run lanes. So many times in the last couple of years, as they rolled through offensive coordinators, there'd be free guys. Yeah. You know, so that's hard to really say, okay, I'm going to trust this thing. Like you said, I'm going to get my feet up. I'm going to hit the hole full speed. Well, not if there's two guys standing there, <laughs> right? Like it just gets old, right? I'm going to get hurt. I, I got to trust this system. And so it's nice to have a coordinator that you can trust that you know is going to put you in good position to be able to hit the hole full speed. And now you get, like you said, those two or three yard runs turn into 60 yard runs and that's going to be what you expect from the Giants all year and a point that can't be missed I gotta say it I gotta say it Brian Dayball rookie coach what did he do with the games on the line he put it in his best players hands and he said go win the damn game for me and they won it he is gonna get so many supporters in that locker room just because of that one decision instantly yeah one decision instant instant locker room credibility good job Brian Dayball Nathaniel Hackett, we hope you're listening. And finally, the jury has deliberated. The decision is in, and it says we are all guilty of overreacting to what we saw in week one. So to bring us back to our center, to help us rediscover our chi, David Carr, O-sensei, pray tell, who needs to calm down today? 
Okay, well, anyone that won that you weren't necessarily expecting, mean, I think with the Pittsburgh Steelers, like you can you can calm down too if you won the game. Like let's just yep. relax. Like you had some things you got to clean up. I think the Bengals fans, same game, they can calm down a little bit. Like there's some things that we talked about on our show, protection wise, got to clean up. But they pretty much gained twice the yards the Pittsburgh Steelers did. So Joe Burrow's not going to turn the ball over like he did. There's a lot of quarterbacks that played. You think about Matt Stafford right over here in this building that we're looking at. Like they didn't look great, and and honestly. When you look at it, they didn't play in the preseason. You mentioned yep. earlier, Imrov. Like, you know how important that is. You got to give them time to get into this thing. Even Nathaniel Hackett, at least he was honest about it. He's like, it might not look great. None of us played in the preseason. Like, at least he's honest about that, right? So I think that's the, the biggest thing. My takeaway is these guys that have been good for a long time, maybe they didn't look great at the beginning. The team was in the Super Bowl. Two teams were in the Super Bowl, right? Both of them came out, kind of laid an egg. It's going to be fine. Just relax. Let this thing work its way through. On the other side, Relax. If you get if you start off too hot, and you know how it is, man. You get three or four weeks of film on some of these guys. You're like, okay, we know what you're. Now about. we know what you can now do. Now we know what you're about. So come to me in about three or four weeks, and we'll tell you who's gonna be in the playoffs, but not until then. Michael, they're about to turn the lights out on me. Um, who do you who are you telling to calm down? Today? I'm telling 49ers fans to calm down. Not too often you're gonna play in a torrential downpour nice. uh, for Trey Lance when the Trey Lance's uh, uh, starts at the beginning of the season. Yeah. The guy has great movement ability. That movement ability opens his offense up. Second team, Indianapolis Colts. I know you're tied. Went into a tie with the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans will win some games this year. Do not, do not think that your team isn't good. I think still the Indianapolis Colts are a dark horse in the AFC. This has been NFL Total Access, the podcast. Our thanks to Michael Robinson and David Carr. Join us tomorrow when we attempt to fix the drama in Dallas. Hall of Famer Kurt Warner will be here to tell us why he is worried about Tom Brady. And we will make picks and predictions for the first game of the week, which could just be the best game of the week. Chargers and Chiefs, till then, ciao for now. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.